What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast is Called Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, BJ Cruz, along with my tag team partner, the incomparable, the champion of the world in the universe, Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? What an entrance. I was just waiting for, like, the best in the world. Yeah, I, I, I can't hold my breath that long. <laughs> I am trying to put you over, though. You know, that's, oh, I appreciate that's like my it. job as your tag team partner, to, to put you over and to put you in, in positions to succeed. So I was testing something new out today. Oh, bless you. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. No, of course. And, of course, we are part of the Blue Wire Network. So if you like sports of any kind we've got you all covered on the blue wire network so please check out all our podcasts and please if you're a wrestling fan clearly you are because you're listening to this podcast right now please subscribe to the podcast and rate us with that five star frog splash rating we would very very much appreciate it and make sure that you follow us on twitter you can follow the account or the the podcast account at doesn't matter pod that's pod with a zero you can follow me personally at jeremy a loss and you can follow ben at Cruise Control, that's Control with a K, and you can follow all his exploits as his team wins another national championship over the weekend. Incredible stuff. I appreciate that, man. Uh, but it actually, it all came crashing down today because, uh, super funny, my wife discovered who Panic at the Disco was today, and I was like, are, <laughs> oh, no. are you are you a 14-year-old girl? What, what is happening now? I heard this song at the gym, so like I, I shazammed it naturally. And I was like, I was playing in the car. And she's like, who is this? And I was like, it's Panic at the Disco. And then she was like, who is that? And look, I'm not a huge Panic at the Disco stan. But in that moment, I was very much like, wait, what? I, I'm not going to sit here and explain this to you. <laughs> we, have a, we have a child. But... So anyway, all all of the uh, the euphoria from winning another national championship uh, <laughs> came crashing down when I realized my wife didn't know who Panic at the Disco was. But anyway, that's going to lead us right into the main event. So we had a stomping grounds. A uh, was a pay per view, I guess. Um, but actually, it did something that I was not expecting. I was not disappointed. How did you feel coming out of it? Same. I was completely surprised. Um, the matches were all really, really solid. Um, and for what I thought, like the fact that like, the arena was half empty. I mean, obviously they didn't show the entire uh, hard camera side, but for me, it felt it, it felt great. Like it felt like a a, um, a house show in a way. A house show like a little with a little bit more pizzazz. Like you had texted me earlier saying like it felt like an in your house. Like that, yeah, yeah, that like was back, great. Back in the nineties in your house. When those I mean those pay per views were just as lauded as, you know, the main four at that time. Um and it this just had a different feel to it. For whatever reason, I I, I can't fully explain it. It, it, I, and I kind of joked to you um, through text that it was like an indie show because <laughs> you know they couldn't they literally couldn't show the hard cam side and they were moving people to fill in those seats. But I, I don't know. I feel I feel like it, they, despite the underwhelming you know box office, that you know the storylines delivered, all the performers delivered. And again, maybe this this harkened back to their indie days, and, and they felt that they had to overperform. I don't know, but it was it was actually super surprising that I came away with it. That you know, I, I, ultimately, I think we were all going into this pay per view with a very very low bar and very low expectations, and yeah. rightfully so. So it's one of those in between pay per views, and ultimately, like none, all the feuds are kind of leading to are going to continue into extreme rules and, and whatnot, but it, it, I wasn't mad. And, and that's, that's all I really wanted is to not be mad and not feel like I wasted my time with this thing. Right. And like, they all came with their, they all put their working boots on. I mean, they all put in the work. They, the writers actually put together solid storylines. And like you said, this is all building towards extreme rules and eventually it's going to build towards SummerSlam. But like they carried the story forward in a way that hasn't been done in months um, and, and they really paid it off. I thought all in all, it was a really, really solid pay-per-view. Probably one of the better ones they've done since WrestleMania. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a really, it's been an interesting road since WrestleMania. And that's ironically when we started the pod. So it hasn't been all, you know, 
roses and <laughs> all, any other thing that smells good on this pod, <laughs> you know, when we're talking about WWE in particular, and you know, we can, we're going to get to uh, Seth Rollins kind of responding to all this negative energy that's been out there uh, in in the wrestling universe. But speaking of Seth Rollins, the, I thought him and Baron had a pretty solid match, e- even though let's uh, you know, with all this praise that we're kind of heaping onto the pay per view. People didn't love the Lacey Evans referee edition. Like, it ended up being fine in the I end actually, in terms of the storyline, but it, there was a lot of vitriol early I actually, on. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it, was a, it was, I thought it was a smart way to tell the story, and, and they did a decent job of, of paying it off within the match, and then ultimately pay, the, the, pay, the ultimate payoff at the very end when Becky came out. But, like, I wasn't mad at that. I thought it, it, it helped kind of carry both of those storylines further. And obviously they're gonna they're gonna move on down the line. We'll talk about that more later. But like, Seth and Baron actually showed some sort of chemistry in the ring. That was surprising to me. Baron is getting a little bit better in the ring. He's still not that great on the mic, um, and that showed on Raw. But like, in the ring, him and Seth have some chemistry together. And I thought Lacey's addition as as like the heel ref was was pretty strong. Yeah, no, I, they've gotten that chemistry over the times that they've worked together. And again. They've worked together a lot, yeah. In the past few months, I mean, whether it's been this feud now with you know the universal title on the line, or when the Shield kept reuniting over and over and over again, and Baron Corbin just happened to be part of whatever threesome that was going to combat them. So they they've had a lot of time to get to know each other and and you know feel each other out in terms of move sets and whatnot. Um, the Lacey edition, I mean, once she was input in there as the referee, you knew Becky was going to get involved. It was right. just a matter of h- how and when. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> the matter of which when she came in and she, she beat the holy hell out of Lacey Evans, it, it, that was spectacular. But then her tweet after about why, she, what, what pushed her over the edge was the quote, nutshot <laughs> to her boyfriend, Seth Rollins. You know, she said, you can slow count him. You can not count or whatever. I forgot what the second one was, but to, the nut shot really sent her from Gorilla into the ring within seconds. So, you know, Becky, shout out to Becky for protecting what's most important to both her and and her uh, her gentleman lover. So, uh, and, and that's storytelling right there, by the way. And the WWE has, has completely capitalized on that. Now, like Seth Rollins is quote unquote the man's man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, it's 2019, man. Why not? I mean, I it. guess, I, I guess that's a cool <laughs> nickname, but yeah. Um, like I said, I, I thought this match delivered in a, in a lot more ways than I thought it was going to. And obviously, uh, it, it's going to lead to, to, uh, to extreme rules and we're going to get a rather unique match, um, for, for the raw women's title and the universal title where we're going to have a mixed tag match for both belts, which is Something I I personally have never seen before. I mean, I could be wrong, but I I don't recall ever seeing a mixed tag match for two of the biggest belts in the company. I I can't either, and I'm I'm not really clear on the rules yet. I I mean, I assume that if it you know if Baron or Lacey gets the pin, then both titles are lost. I right? would assume is, so. Is that, yeah. Like at the, I think at, at on the surface that should be the rules, and that makes the most sense. Uh, I, it's just. From like a sports perspective, I don't know how much sense it makes. Like if we're just gonna look at it from that, because like, look, if Baron pins Seth, right, that doesn't necessarily mean that Becky should lose her title. I, 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 I again, this is all wrestling, and we have to suspend disbelief. It's just a little weird that that, that they would make it th- this way. And I, I get they have to further the feud. They have to further both feuds. They have to further both feuds, but also like wrap them up because they're not going. Right. These are not going to SummerSlam. At right. All. Exactly. And and you know by all accounts, you know Seth and Becky should retain and you know move forward to SummerSlam where they you know we can feel that they might actually drop the title to someone worthy of it. Um, and no, no disrespect to, to Lacey or Baron. It's just, again, they've lost cleanly multiple times to both Seth and Becky separately. Yeah. Why are we to take them seriously now that they're going to beat them together in a mixed tag match when there's all these like other funky rules where, you know, Becky and Baron can't, can't mingle in the ring or, or Seth and Lacey. So, uh, it, you know, th- that's a little weird for me, but I get it. And, and, you know, why I think 
the smartest thing that they are doing is that they are remove they're trying to remove this mid card cloud that they've basically put on Becky since WrestleMania by kind of thrusting her into the main picture again, or main event picture, which is good. Like I'm, I'm down with that because look, Becky's still like the pops that she gets are still incredible. Yeah. Despite WWE's efforts to kind of accidentally quell those responses, she's still getting huge pops. So I'm, I'm fine with that aspect. We'll see how it goes. Like it's a fine main event uh, you know at extreme rules i'm fine with it It, it's an interesting main event it's something different um i completely agree i don't think they're going to drop the titles to them i I think it 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 could lead itself to it could lend itself to a pretty wonky match and a pretty wonky finish but we'll see i mean maybe they'll figure out a way to make this work um and 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 then eventually they'll just move on to SummerSlam, and, and we'll We'll have Baron move on to a different uh, Baron and Lacey move on to a different feud. So moving on to a different match on Stomping Grounds, we had Kofi versus Dolph in a cage match. To me, uh, it was a, a decent cage match. It wasn't anything special. From the one thing that really stood out to me was the ending. I thought the fact that Kofi did the Superman stage dive out of the ring for for the win was was unique. Um, I think if you think about it from a sports point of view, it's always like, why don't, why don't they do that stuff all the time instead of like grabbing the person's feet and like dragging them back (laughs) in? Like, why don't they just jump out of the cage? So I thought the way that they ended it was great. Um, obviously they, they ended up having a best two out of three falls match on on SmackDown to kind of wrap up that feud from, from what I understand. Um, but what did you think of the cage match? Like I said, I didn't think it was anything special, but it wasn't bad either. Yeah, it's it's really hard to mess up a cage match, um, and and I think they I mean, they told us solid. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> Shane and Miz, <laughs> Shane and Miz, sure, that's fine. I I take that back. But you know, they put on a fine cage match. It it it, it was a good way to kind of wrap up the story, and that ending. I mean, I liked it. I was just concerned for Kofi's well being, to be honest. Like he took. <laughs> Like he had nothing to. I mean, when they kind of broke it down into slow motion, he did kind of brace himself with his arms a little bit, but he really just kind of went full shoulder into the ground. Yeah, and it was it was a little concerning that he you know he really could have hurt himself, but um, you know other than that, a, a cage match is always a solid blow off match. Like I'm always I'm always fine with that just because you know there's multiple ways to win. You know you can pin, you can climb out, you can uh, actually go through the door. Um, so I, I was cool with the way that they ended it, and it, it ended up being it was like it was a little slow for me for for a cage match for like what you could deliver and, and the fair. high yeah. spots that you could do that you could potentially do that have been done now. So it, it didn't necessarily hit those marks, but from a storytelling perspective and from a like a pure wrestling perspective, I guess it, it was it was cool. Like I, I didn't it, have any qualms with it. Is it just me or is Kofi's style since he become since he's become? Uh, WWE champion has that has it become a little bit more um, safe and a, and a little less daring and a little less like high flying. Am I wrong there? I feel like it's been a little bit more like he's been more methodical with his movements. He's not doing as many crazy spots. Yeah, but I feel like they. I think that's from a perspective of they want him to have a long title run. Right? Yeah, like, I think from, from no. a book from a booking perspective, I think they've done a fantastic job with him in that they, they've literally legitimized him as a as a world title holder. Right? It's not he's not just a gimmick world title holder for them. You now believe and see him as an actual you know, top guy. And to your point, I do think that he has become, he's done things that are less risky, but when you are now essentially being featured on both shows for God knows what reason, he has to be healthy. Yeah. He has to be healthy and you can't take those crazy, but I mean, even when, when AJ was champ as an example, that's why he transitioned to the phenomenal forum as his main finisher, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was just the safer move versus the versus the styles clash right it, it, you know so you, you can't be out there doing the more dangerous finisher yeah uh, on a uh, on a regular basis so I understand that kind of stylistic change and actually even welcome it because I would rather like Kofi I think is on a great run right now and they need to keep that going yeah they changed the style but yet they booked him in a cage match followed by a match with Sami Zayn on Monday night and taking a hellacious bump on the stage from Samoa Joe 
and then he does a two out of three falls match on SmackDown. Like, so it's like, we'll change your style, but we're going to book you every fucking night so that you have to work for us. It's ridiculous. Like, they don't <laughs> need to. Also, these, I mean, let's just touch on this two out of three falls thing that they're doing a shit ton of. And I read that it's supposedly because someone pitched it to Vince or Vince pitched it to everyone that he wanted to have less action happening during the commercials. So it's just kind of an excuse to, you know, some space to give in between, you know, how they take like, you know, a commercial break in between matches and you're yeah. like, you technically miss like three to, you know, two to three minutes. Yeah. Uh, this is now like what they're doing to kind of counteract that. I don't know how I feel about it yet because that just means there's more time for these guys to guys and girls to work and they're already working a shit ton. So do we need to, do we need more of that? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, and I'm kind I, of conflicted about that. And I really don't need two, two, two out of three falls matches on the same, on the same night. Like I'm fine with one every other week, but if, if we're getting multiple on the same night, then it's, it's, it's going to become a problem. Um, moving on to uh, another match on stomping grounds. We have a new U S champion. It's Ricochet. Yeah, we do. Big up One for and Ricochet. only. Yeah. Um, match went pretty much as we predicted last week. Um, Joe looked like a monster for the majority of the match. Ricochet was able to pull off a lot of crazy flipping shit. Uh, and, and he won. I mean, we I think we both predicted that Ricochet was going to win the match. Yep. Um, they are both going to move on to bigger and better things. We have, we have Joe moving on to a Kofi feud. And then we have Ricochet with, with AJ. And I thought it was interesting that the fact that they actually had him, they booked him to lose the night after he won the title, which was... It was weird. It's a weird choice. It was typical U.S. title champion booking, though, for being honest, in the past couple months. Like, there's no need to put AJ over in that spot. It's AJ. He's he's over. Yeah. You you have to build your champion, and they immediately made him look weak by having him lose to AJ. But but for the match in general, for on on stomping grounds, I, I thought this could be a moment that ricochet really becomes a star if they uh out uh, taking away from the fact that they booked him to lose on on raw if they book him correctly going forward he could really be a star in the company he has the move set that really is uh appealing to a younger audience uh to that pg audience and he's i mean he's a pretty clean cut guy he's very like oh shucks when he's on the mic um so i think he could really he can really move some t-shirts uh, for those for those younger fans. Oh, and he definitely is already. And kind of echoing a point that we were making earlier in that, you know, Kofi has kind of gone to a safer move set since he became champion. Ricochet is actually, from everything that I've read lately, is um, adding another finisher to his repertoire. So obviously he's doing the 630, right? Like that's his main crazy finisher that everyone wants to see. But he is now adding the Codebreaker, which, I mean, that's, that's yeah Chris Jericho's finisher. Um, and that's now his, I, I, you know, he, he used it to set up Joe to finish, but I think that's now going to be his every night, like house show finisher, because obviously the, the six thirty is, it's an insane move, right? Yeah. There's <laughs> pull off every single night and you, the risk of injury is just, you know, catastrophic. It's, it's, it's astronomical every time. So I, I'm down for him to save those for kind of the main moments, kind of like how Jeff Hardy, at one point, scaled down the Swanton and just started using the Twist of Fate, right? Yeah. Um, th- I think that's a smart move. I think it was also cool that he texted Chris Jericho to ask permission to kind of, to to use it as his new finisher. I think they're they're probably gonna name it something else. I think on the uh, at Stomping Grounds, Michael Cole just called it you know double knees or yeah. whatever. So they haven't really f- you know fleshed that idea out and they haven't named it. But I am all for him playing it a little bit more safe so that he can be like you said the pg era you know guy right like potentially like the ray mysterio of of this era and and he's already probably pushing a crazy amount of merch and um he he can be a top guy and, and you know his mic skills are you know they leave a little to be desired but his in-ring ability phenomenal yeah he is definitely going to sell himself on his, his in-ring ability and the fact that he could he could do these things through the air that not a lot of people can do um, I agree with you. I think adding the code breaker is, is an excellent touch. I think it's going to save him and make him and, and and continue to help him move forward in the company. I also like it as a setup move. I think it looks really cool when he when 
he drops down for the double knees and immediately pops up to the 630. I thought I think that looks great. I think that's a cool little package similar to what Finn does with the, with the drop the missile drop right. kick into yeah, the yeah. into the into the buckles. Um so on to the next match, well matches. I I have to say that the WWE really stepped their game up uh at Stomping Grounds when it came to the tag team matches. They were fire. They were yeah. all great. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um Heavy Machinery and Otis my man, <laughs> my man is on fire. Getting some time to shine. Yeah, finally. I am. I'm a big fan of them. I, I, they were they're a joke tag team still. They're they're still pushing them as a joke tag team, but man, they could work inside the ring. Um, and, and obviously the new day are coming back and they're coming back strong. I think, I think eventually they'll be, uh, they'll have the belts again. I, I, I don't think you can keep them keep them off of them. I think if you put the belts, you put the tag belts on. On uh, Big E and Xavier, and then you have the WWE tag or the WWE belt on on Kofi. That that faction is just gold. Oh, I love uh, it. They, I mean, they just kind of touching on what we we're talking about with Ricochet. Like those guys, those three guys push a shit ton of merch, mm-hmm. shit ton of shirts, a lot of New Day stuff. Like they need to again strike while the iron is hot, and they might as well put the tag team titles on you know on on E and Woods. Because I mean, they're all they're super solid in the ring at all times. They are incredible on the mic. Like I, I'm never disappointed with a new day promo, and that's really in in this era where again everything is a little overscripted. That's really hard to say, right? Yeah. So they, they they're they're absolutely killing. Yeah, it. they definitely have their own voice. Also, if they win the tag belts, I would love to see. Them get their own versions of belts. Get the new. I remember oh, some they teal belts. Remember when they had belts. those uh, the new day belts? I don't yeah, know if yeah, they yeah. actually wore them into the ring, but they were definitely sold on the WWE store. Yes, absolutely. So like, if they did that and then moved and then changed the WWE title belt to have a new day feel, that would just be so unique. It would make them stand out even more and really give value to the new day and show like you guys have been doing this for years. Like here you go. Like here's something to stand out a little bit more. Um, I would love to see it, uh, and I love the fact that WWE gave the tag teams a little bit more time to work, and they did some some crazy stuff on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, they did the eight eight man tag matches, the elimination tag matches on yeah, both it was shows. Kind of random, but yeah, yeah, they were random. But um, I, I just like the fact that they're giving these guys chances to wrestle. So big ups to them. Um, moving on, Alexa Bailey, okay, it was okay, not the greatest match in the world. Um, but we are building towards a triple threat match, I believe. I know that uh, Nikki beat Bailey tonight on SmackDown to have the rematch, but I think they're going to have to put Nikki in that match at some point. Uh, yeah, I think they're. It's going to be very similar to when uh, Nia Jax found out that Alexa wasn't really her friend, and you know, kind of turned on her. This is all boiling to a point where Nikki is going to find out that Alexa is just kind of using her to, you know, advance her career. Yep. And then, you know, they're going to, she's going to turn on her and th- I, I would love to see a triple threat. match. I think that's a very refreshing SmackDown women's title match. You know, all due respect to Charlotte, she's just been <laughs> just too much involved in that world title picture where, uh, I think this is super cool to have, you know, a very, very fresh face and Nikki cross involved. Um, I, I do think there are a couple of, other women who are going to step up into that spot eventually, you know, your Sonya Deville's, your Mandy Rose's of the world. But I think this is, this is a different storyline that we just haven't seen before. And and at some point, like someone's going to say Alexa can't win the title because she's a raw superstar. Right. Right. We just, we're just kind of ignoring that at this point, but it's, uh, I'm a big fan of that. Alexa, Nikki, It, it gets like those backstage segments are sometimes a little awkward, but I do like, you know the, the the using someone to get to where you want to be storyline. It just mm-hmm. always hits it out of the park. And Nikki Nikki is working this to perfection. She is yep. getting she's getting over, and that's yep. a good thing about it. Is like they're doing this and they're actually get, they're seeing results out of it because it may not be paying off for for Alexa and Bailey, but for Nikki, it's it's like boosting her. Um, she is getting so over. I think the the crowd went pretty bonkers when she won tonight. So. Uh, it's good to see eventually. Yeah, they're gonna have to put Nikki into this, have a payoff between uh, Alexa and Nikki. Uh, I think they can even do it for the belt. I think if Alexa wins at, at Extreme Rules, I'll be fine with doing a three way with with Bailey, Alexa, and Nikki at SummerSlam, and then oh, yeah. that's Let's that's when that. you have the payoff. So I would love to see that. 
Uh, something I would not like to see any more of is Roman and Drew McIntyre, but I know we're going to get more of it. We're uh, literally getting more of it extreme. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am over this. I'm over everything related to this. I don't care anymore. And it's mainly because, <laughs> uh, kind of going back to the, the Rollins-Corbin thing, we've just seen it for the past like six months, but it, like we've seen it, but it hasn't re- it hasn't approved, improved. At least with Seth and Corbin, it's gotten better every time true, in that's the ring. True. It's been getting better and better and better. This it's like progressively getting worse. It is not a fun storyline. It's not entertaining. It's not interesting. And a lot, and the, a lot of it has to do with Shane's involvement, right? Because yeah. look, he's he's dragging down Drew McIntyre's efficiency. Like he Drew was, he should have been rocket strapped to the world title picture that's just where he was headed you know pre-mania and now he's in this weird middle middle he's, card feud with roman he's getting back to like 3mb status really like seriously and and he they did all this work to build him up to a legitimate world title holder and they've just kind of scaled him back and i understand you they're trying to slow build roman like that's fine roman will, he could be you know at the top of the program at any time that he wants and at any time that they want. But with Drew, they needed to capitalize yesterday. And the fact that they haven't is, is just, it's upsetting because he's, he's really good. He's really he, good he, all around. He is very good, especially when he's by himself and he, they let him be him and, and be the, the Scottish psychopath. He is very good. And he's very good in the ring. And like you said, they're wasting his talent. Sorry about that. That's my dog. Um, <laughs> no worries. He's upset wa- too. <laughs> right? Um, they, they're wasting his talent, making him Shane's lackey. Um, we'll talk about, we'll talk more about the extreme rules situation in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm really over this. I, and they're going to continue to, to jam it down, down our throats. Um, so we'll move on here. Uh, we'll talk quickly about Becky and Lacey. Uh, this match was nothing to write home about. Um, obviously, they're going to do it again at Extreme, Extreme Rules in a different, in slightly different, different circumstances. Um, to me, um, and, and let me know if you feel different. I feel like Lacey has completely lost all the momentum she had um, a couple of months ago. I, I feel like she is just completely lost in this feud, um, and, and her character is stale. So it's interesting because I was thinking the same thing as I was watching the match and after it finished, but then I thought to myself, who is supposed to be next? Right, and I understand that we could kind of cross brand right at this point, right? Like Ron SmackDown. Th- I mean, the brand split is essentially dead. Mm-hmm. But if if we're just gonna fantasy book for a second, if Lacey's not in that spot, right? Who, Raw superstars. Wh- who is supposed to be Becky's foil? And I guess it should be Ruby Riot, right? Like in in a world that makes complete sense, it would be Ruby Riot. She's injured. She's she can't be there. Who else is there? That's 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 actually a genuine question. There's one giant name sitting out on the sidelines right now. Oh well, Sa- yes, yeah, Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> sure, but I mean, let's we. I guess we kind of have to remove her from the picture, right? Because we don't know what her status is. You know, there's internet rumors, and you know, her posing great Instagrams aside. <laughs> um, there's, I can't think of anyone yeah, else who I would mean, be like a legitimate you know, threat to Becky's title run. And, you know, again, Lacey has, you know, she was supposed to be, I think, like, you know, someone to, you know, a a stopgap essentially to kind of fill this space until, you know, Becky could go on a longer feud with someone. And and I think that Lacey has has been forced kind of into this spot. And of course she's going to take it, right? Like she's not going to shy away from this spotlight, you know, against the hottest person in the company. But, you know, and and I agree, like her her shtick is starting to get a little old and yeah. a little old fashioned. But I just I just don't know who else they could slide into that spot. Yeah, she's definitely she she wasn't ready for a multiple month build or a multiple month feud. It was more of like her character and her her ability to feud with 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 Becky worked for a short while, um, and now it's becoming like it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, I think I think you're right. Like I think their initial thought was like Lacey's going to be here for a month, maybe two, and then we'll move on to somebody. Maybe we'll move on to a Ruby Riot, or maybe Sasha comes back. But I think like obviously Ruby's injured. Sasha's nowhere to be found, and now it's like they've moved Alexa onto to Bailey. 
So like there is really nobody there. Like you have Naomi, but nobody's going to be interested in that. Like nobody will care for it. Right. Exactly. It'd be great. Like I, I think Naomi deserves it. She's great in the ring, but like I don't think that's going to get anybody like to really be entertained, or it's not going to really get anybody over. Natty's not. You know, Ron no. is nowhere to be seen. Like I think this this obviously I think would have been a great spot for Shayna Baszler. You know, but she's still the NXT Women's Champion, so yeah. it's just tough. I mean, there's also the other part. The other thing you could do is you can just bring Charlotte over. I mean, right? I mean, that would make the most sense. But do I want to see Becky Charlotte nine? No, <laughs> I no. don't know. It's just I, they, I think you got to save that for down the road. I think they're. I think you're right. They're in, they're kind of like stuck in this situation now. Like they just have to ride it out, and hopefully, come SummerSlam, they can have something. In their back pocket, maybe they can have a surprise reveal. Maybe it is Shayna. Maybe the, maybe Sasha comes back. Maybe Ruby. I, I, I think I don't remember what her injury was. Uh, I, think I mean, was, she had surgery, so it was actually more serious than I think we could have imagined. Because you know, at the time when you know th- th- we were trying to figure out who was next for Becky to face, uh, you know, Ruby was at the top of my mind anyway. And then it, it was revealed that she had to have surgery, so it, that kind of threw a wrench in the plans. I, you know, I, at some point she's going to be there because whenever she was in the ring, you know, when, when it was the riot squad was running wild, Michael Cole would take any and every opportunity to put her over, you know, as a legitimate at some point women's world title contender. So uh, I think they their plans might have gotten screwed up a little bit uh, there. And then plus Sasha, you know, going MIA and they overcompensated when they moved basically all the elite women's wrestlers to SmackDown, right? It, it was just all this. It became convoluted, and I think they're now scrambling, and Lacey, again, was that stopgap, and she's, she's she's having to do kind of like Baron, the best that she can do with the spot that she's given. Yeah, I'm like I'm going through the Raw women's roster right now, and it is slim pickings. So you have Tamina, Sasha Banks, Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, Ronda Rousey. Oh, right. Like, Nia Jax is hurt, too. Like, yeah. That would have been a nice fit. Um, yeah, it's Nikki crazy. Cross, Nikki Bella is still on here, but she's retired. She's retired. Nia Jax, Natalia, Naomi, Lacey Evans, JoJo was on here, but she doesn't wrestle and she just had a baby. Um, <laughs> Dana Brooke, uh, Brie Bella, but she's retired. Becky Lynch, Alicia, Fo- Alicia Fox and Alexa Bliss. So like, there's really not many options out there. Yeah. And, so it, it's, it's been an unfortunate because Lacey, you know, she started off hot. She started off great, and you're like, oh, she's going to be something. And it probably would have been a better situation for her if, you know, I think putting her in that title spot when they did was great. You know, let her have her run there. She, you know, Becky successfully defends, then kind of move her back a little bit to build her up again. And I think that's probably what their long-term plan was when they put her in there. But again, it got, I think it got screwed up once all the injuries and that the superstar shakeup happened they were left scrambling and, and Lacey was the only one that was kind of legitimate because they kind of had some heat already. Yeah. All right, let's pay some bills. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you've been waiting a long time to do the next ad read, which actually we need to preface is not a WWE product despite its name. <laughs> um, guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get, it tre- don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe you genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-way shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit with free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Wow. You've done it. You've read your first ED 
podcast ad and that means you are now if you weren't officially a podcaster before you officially are now so i've officially made it yeah you've officially made it (laughs) all right guys we have another uh ad read to do and we also have an announcement to make blue wire is teaming up with harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes 5-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and the most important and my favorite thing that I will go to the grave talking about, <laughs> a travel blade cover. You got to keep all your, you got to keep your limbs intact with this shit. So you get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million people who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you do not love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your free razor. Well, actually, not your free razor. Your razor for $3, but it's essentially free. $3 that's is free. nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. Harry's I've, said not, this, I've said this numerous times. That's a cup of coffee. That's cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's a cup of good, a cup of good coffee. Harry's.com slash Blue Wire to redeem your free razor for $3. Now that we've paid those bills, let's move on to the feud of the week, and we have a good one. We got That's some right. heat. This we, is great. Oh, man, this is... Let's. How do I put this? My favorite wrestler in the company right now has snapped. My <laughs> guy, Seth Rollins, was tired of everyone's shit. And just he hit the Twitter fingers finally took over. Man, he was listening to the pod. I think he was like subtweeting me. Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I hope, Seth, if you're listening, I want you to know it was all Jeremy. <laughs> and I wear my Monday Night Rollins shirt every recording. Um, Jeremy knows that I, I'm not lying because he can see me. <laughs> but uh, no, Seth went in and, you know, so he not only went in via Twitter. He also went on the podcast. He went on this, I believe, it was a Sports Illustrated podcast, and he had some stuff to say. And, like he didn't, you know, light shit on fire like like John Moxley, but he was basically venting. You know, he had all this pent up aggression from everyone talking shit about WWE and heaping praise on AEW, and he finally just snapped. And it was, I'll just I'll just lob it to you. What did you think? Um, it was interesting. Uh, very interesting. I, I thought his, I mean, his initial claim that like the best wrestlers at WWE and he was like, we have the best wrestlers in the world, period. And I thought like, oh shit, this is not going to end well for him. Like this is, people are going to start like bodying him. Um, and he was, he was game. Like he was taking, uh, responses and going back and firing back at people. Um, and then he had said something along the lines of like, nobody alive can do what I do on a daily basis. And Will Ospreay came out of nowhere and was like, I'm alive. And then they started a mini feud on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, this is everything right now. Because if you listen to our pod and you don't know who Will Ospreay is, he's one of the, the best talents in Japan, really um, special high flyer. Um, and he quite possibly could be one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, I mean, that is a dream matchup if they were ever getting the ring together. I mean, that would be phenomenal. Um, and I think it's interesting now that Will is even like capitalizing on it. He's he is now selling little guy shirts uh, since Seth that, called that, him. That guy, guy knows how to capitalize. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's I a thought smart that was, dude. I thought that was excellent. Uh, he, he it says little guy and it has all his accolades on it. Um, so I think their little feud was was fun. Um, he even um, he he talked to Mark Ramundi of, of ESPN.com and and said like, hey, this is all in good good faith. Like we're I, I I love Seth, but like, I, if somebody says like, there's nobody alive that can do this as well as me, I'm gonna chime in because I think I'm the best wrestler on the planet, and I think that's a good way to think about it. Like every wrestler should have in their mind that they're the best in the world. Um, so I thought that was a really fun little mini feud that they had on Twitter, um, 
And I, I, another thing that I kind of took out of this is like, Seth wasn't like this a couple months ago. Like it feels like him and, and Becky like have, or at least Becky has taught him a few things on Twitter. Cause now he is showing off those Twitter fingers. Yeah. I mean, so a couple of thoughts like on that, I'll, I guess I'll address that first is, and something that he had, he addressed that like really up front, right? It's just that he's kind of been taking it to the gut for the past couple of months. That WWE is this, WWE is that, and he's the top guy, right? So, is there maybe he he took that as an association that people are thinking that WWE is the way it is because now he's the top guy? But you know that aside, um, I think it's like. I appreciate the fact that he is coming he's he's going to bat for WWE, right? Despite its shortcomings right now and with, you know, wrestling Twitter kind of going at WWE and, and the way that they've presented their product, it's like you you have to going off of your point of you have to believe you're the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. You have to believe you work for the best company, right? Yeah. Like if you don't, what why are you still there? I mean, that's ultimately why Moxley left. He he didn't feel it was a fit, but it, it kind of goes back to remember when we were working at Bleacher Report, like we were there like in the early days, right? This is pre Turner merger, and you know that's back in when you know we were there were still like slideshows out there that were like, what the why are, why is this being written? Yeah, but, yeah, like wag slideshows, right? Like wag slideshows. But at the end of the day, we were on Twitter like, going to bat for Bleacher Report, right? Yeah, like you're like this is our squad, and that's just kind of what you have to do. If you're if you're in that kind of family, if you're in that brotherhood, so I respect it from that aspect. Um, and and you it, like uh, he also was kind of going to bat for himself too, right? Like yeah. reminding everyone that he's the shit. He can go. He can go with the best of the in the with the best in the world. And he is absolutely right. He can go with the best in the world. Yeah, he is one of the best in the world. So it, it, he might have just reached a breaking point. I don't know if um, how closely that has to do with you know, Becky doing that on the regular now because she's been doing that for a few months. And, and maybe it, it is now, now that their storylines are intertwined and they are, they are kind of packaging them together, you know, as boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's the new storyline that he's just adding on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could be it. I, I, I understand that. I just hope it's not like if, if this is the new Seth and he's just going to clap back at everyone, I just hope he stays consistent with it. I hope it's just not to push the storyline that he's, you know, I hope it's not to push extreme rules. Yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God. Like that, that's, that's a very short, that's very short term thinking. And if it's not who he is, um, if it is who he is and this is just now he's like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Then great. I'm, 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 I'm all about that. I was not even thinking about that, but now that you raised that issue, I'm <laughs> terrified that this is going to be something where he's just like, at the very end, he's like, don't forget, Sunday night, Extreme Rules. Yeah, on the WWE Network. Yeah, oh man, that would be a shame. Another thing, like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, um, in part because, like, I we follow so many, like, wrestling superstars, and we, we follow a lot of athletes and a, and a lot of uh, uh, movie stars, and, like, are we 100% sure that they even run their accounts? I, I mean, no, but at the same time, I think there's there's so many of them that how do you regulate who gets theirs run and who doesn't? Because I think they all mandate that they do have one, right? Yeah. Like when Moxley was in WWE, he had one for Dean Ambrose. He didn't tweet shit <laughs> yeah, the whole time, and now he's you know he has he even now he has other people running his account. So I think within WWE you have to have one, uh, but I think they do leave it up to you because. You know, I think they do treat everyone kind of so they to an effect. They still treat you like an independent contractor, right? Oh well, I mean, they pay you like an independent contractor. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they run their accounts, but they all have them um, looked at before actually publishing anything, or at least like they have them like weekly audited. Sure, in a sense, yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, because I mean, there's like they are speaking for a billion dollar company so I, I would assume that there needs to be some sort of auditing process though like i'm sure that the auditing process for like biggie's twitter account is is probably painful <laughs> um like come on biggie you can't be shouting out like becky's mom you can't but, be hitting on becky's mom <laughs> right that much um but then like another side of me thinks like it's really not that hard to get like a 20 year old social media expert just like carrying around a phone and like taking sure. bits and pieces yeah. of what 
the talent is saying and then actually tweeting it out in a coherent way. I mean, no, that's fair. I mean, and I think it's a, it, if that came out, that would be, I think that'd be an interesting talking point because I mean, they already have their lines written for them, right? Like yeah. when, on, on raw and SmackDown and all these pay-per-views. So why not have someone at least look over all their tweets? Um, and, and it's probably not as bad as we are. Yeah. I think we, you know, we're thinking worst case scenario, right? There's like, some social media expert who's kind of, you know, going over their tweets with a fine tooth comb and telling them what and what not to say. But, you know, if you, when I do look over some of these people's tweets, like Kevin Owens sounds pretty genuine. Like his, his are mostly just about his family, mm-hmm. which is super respectable. And even when he does go into Kevin Owens mode, he, he does go, it, it sounds exact. it stands on his voice. Yeah, right? yeah. I feel it. And even Sammy, um, when he's out there on Twitter, and you know he he kind of stays on voice, but then he has those moments of like, uh, you know he's he's a very big philanthropist with you know uh, you know the rights and you know why he can't go to to Saudi Arabia and then you know he speaks out on that stuff. So it's it's very interesting, um, and I think it's an interesting. I would love to you know someone to take a dive deep dive on that to see how that actually works and and what the regulations. Are. I'm sure that WWE never released that information just for yeah. public consumption, but. I, it, it's an interesting talking point for sure. Yeah, we you definitely have to talk to like a, a former talent to get some sort of insight there, and I just don't know if that's like something that's like on the tip of everybody or at the front of everybody's mind when the what a, a former talent is out there talking. Um, I mean, this is something that is, is a welcome sight. I, I love it when when wrestlers take their characters outside of television or outside of the arena and transition it over and use it and use social media for what it's there for. Like I thought like that's what really helped Becky get over is the fact that she was going at everybody on social media. And, and that's, what's getting big E over in a, in a huge way is like biggie's Twitter account is one of the best follows in the business. He Easily. is gold. Yep. Yep, so yep. it's like, if they can use that, use that platform to really carry their character a little bit more then do it. And I think this is just going to help Seth in the long run. And, and really solidify his spot as the top guy. And the, and they need to, right? Because they don't have the benefit of creating their own stuff yet uh, yet on YouTube, right? They, they, they can't be the elite. Right? Mm-hmm. The elite just has kind of free reign. They can do whatever the hell they want. Seth has to work within the constraints of his contract in WWE. Twitter, I'm sure, you know, the, like you said, they do regulate it. And um, But if this is his way of you know, kind of going beyond what the lines that he's being fed, I am again, all for that because, um, to address the other elephants in the room <laughs> that are the other companies is, I mean, you just have to, like, we can't, WWE can't forever ignore the fact that there are other people coming for them. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just the, the reality of this new wrestling world that we live in. So I love the fact that Seth is now, you know, a little bit at least, the uh, there's the restraints are off and he's really going for it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our, our news and notes segment. We actually have a lot to cover here. Um, first and foremost, we have extreme rules coming up in a couple of weeks and it, it is starting to take shape. The big thing coming out of this out of out of stomping grounds and Raw and SmackDown is that we do have Undertaker versus Roman or Undertaker and Roman versus Shane and Boo! Drew Drew McIntyre. Oh my God. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. This reeks of desperation. Um, I fully expect this to be a complete train wreck. Uh, this has. This is going to be the main event. I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I. I mean, it might be the the tag match, the mixed tag match, because there's two titles on the line. Like in theory, that should be the main event because there's the most at stake. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing at stake here. Like, if they push Shane into another main event picture, I I will fucking lose my mind. And look, I understand it's Taker, and Taker has that aura, and he deserves that spot. But does he really anymore? Like, let's let's just be honest with ourselves. And that I love. I'm you're an Attitude Era guy. I'm an Attitude Era guy, and I love nostalgia in, in wrestling as much as the next person. But Taker. He could barely stand. He can't be the main event guy anymore. The yeah. Super Showdown was proof of that. The worst proof because we almost watched two people kill each other. Yeah, the guy can barely stand. He could barely move. Like, I don't want to see him in the ring anymore. And I don't want to see him just thrust into a random ass match. Like, 
he is not part. He like I don't understand his his involvement in right. this. What, what's the story? I, I, and I'm assuming they're going to explain it, and he's going to talk what you know why he got involved. But Roman damn near retired this man. Like, I thought he like that was the storyline. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah that was the storyline that he retired him, and it's like now he's coming to his rescue. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, hey, l- let me ask you something. If uh, if the Undertaker came out the shield entrance, would you like run through a wall? Oh my god, I would <laughs> flip every table in front of me. I might throw something th- like you know those like random videos that you see online after like an upset victory. Oh yeah, or, they're just punching the TV. Yeah, that yeah. might be me. Um, um, all right, I'm kind of hoping that happens. Then my wife might divorce me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's questionable booking. Um, I mean, Extreme Rules is going to be an interesting card. They have a lot of weird things going on. They have the Lacey Baron uh, versus Seth and Becky. We talked about it earlier. Um, I, I I think it's an intriguing way to pay off the, the feuds. Um, and obviously, they're, all of them are going to move on to bigger and better things for, for SummerSlam. Um, you also have Kofi and Joe, uh, which I read apparently was originally supposed to be Kofi, KO, and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I, I read the same thing. And so I'm, I'm glad they switched gears. Same, because Joe in the world title picture is just fucking awesome. Uh, his attack on Kofi was great. That was a pleasant surprise. Joe was incredible, man. He just yeah, he, he delivers is, all the goddamn time. He is so good. I wish they just put him put the belt on him at some. He point. He should have had the belt last year. Yeah, at some point during that feud with AJ, which was great. But they he, just, yeah, he is they so good. Didn't. Uh, and then you're gonna get the Alexa Bailey match. Uh, Nikki again is not officially involved, but she she's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, we thought this man completely disappeared, but Shinsuke Nakamura is back, and we are gonna get him facing Finn Balor. First of all, yes. <laughs> uh, and second of all, it actually ruined a segment idea. And I, I texted you. I think it was yesterday or the day before that I wanted to run a segment about where the hell are these wrestlers? And Nak- was Nakamura was one of the first ones on that list because I want to talk about how they have one of the best wrestlers in the freaking world and they're, he literally hasn't been on TV in weeks. And then the, he, you know, finally we see him. And he, it's probably in a feud that we we should have seen for months at this point. So that this is this is awesome. I'm, I'm glad he's back and it, with working with Finn. Uh, hell yeah! Yeah, it, it has all the makings of a fire feud, but uh, Vince doesn't know how to work with international talent, so it's probably going to be the shits. It's right? It's like <laughs> he he's only good at uh, like a handful at a time. So it's he had Andrade and Finn Balor. He's like, oh, this is good. Yeah, these guys are not from America. And now he's like basically switching Nakamura and Andrade out. So Yeah. Uh, but I you know, I hope Andrade doesn't get too lost in the shuffle and I hope he does have something. But I, I'm all for, you know, Nakamura being back in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean now now we just need Rusev to get to get some shine. Uh he has completely disappeared uh, his, too. I read something today that made me really sad that his future is legitimately like up in the air. So he's just taking some time off. Because he was kind of going back to that segment thing I was talking about. He was next on that list, literally asking where the hell this dude is. One of the most talented people in the world, not being used. And his contract is almost up. It mm-hmm. hasn't been re-upped, which is, again, super, super strange. But it, at the same time, it hasn't. It's not that strange because they haven't had anything for him. So I, I really hope that they re-up, they re, you know, they re-up with him. Um, just like they did Jinder Mahal. So, because if they can find a place for Jinder Mahal, you can find a place for Rusev. <laughs> like, let's right? just put it that way. I mean, his career has been so weird. Like, I, I understand a lot of wrestlers go through like this these roller coaster runs, but like his roller coaster runs have been like dramatic. Like, he started off super hot. He had the U.S. title run. He had that incredible match, incredible build up with John Cena. My, and- my guy was, he was taking on Cena in one of the hottest feuds in the company. John freaking Cena. And he came in on a tank at WrestleMania. He came in on a tank. One of the best entrances I've ever seen. And then he breaks his foot and falls off the face of the earth, comes back, has Rusev Day, and is hot as shit. Oh, my God. And then just they fumble everything. Like, everything just fell apart there. And now he's gone. Um, 
so like it shows that like when they are when he gets a push he finds a way to to shine and actually get over it's just it for some reason it's just not clicking for a long-term run there um hopefully they can figure something out because i would love to see him stick around i'd love to see lana stick around um but it is what it is. I mean, they they do have to pay Brock because uh, apparently he did sign a long term deal. Son of I, a bitch! <laughs> I know you're super jacked about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, j- yeah, jacked. That's exactly what. I <laughs> oh man, he is. He's going to stick around for a few years, working two to three pay per views and holding the belts for <sighs> an extended period of time. God, we. Need, I just. I want to talk to Dana White and just. I just want him to take him back. <laughs> just. <laughs> Give him all the money. He'll make you a lot of money, Dana. You have you seen? What oh man, me? he'll he'll win. He'll win a title. I, I have a feeling. No, he's, he's gonna, gonna, gonna cash in yeah. on somebody, and he's gonna win a title or both in some hokey, stupid shit. And then he's gonna be like the ultimate champion or some. Oh my god, I'm getting upset. Just they should just say fuck it and let him cash in on every single belt, and he have all of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> fine. If we're gonna go that route, just he's he has he has the universal, the world title, the twenty four seven title, the IC. Yeah, he would have. I then, want him to have all the belts, even the tag team belts. Oh man, and his tag team partner is Paul Heyman. Like, I'd be on okay, board with Rock. Having like twelve titles and having him, him carry them down to the ring. Yeah, or like Paul Heyman just has to hold them all, like the yeah, boxing yeah. promoters. Yeah, like the boxing promoters that hold all the belts and they're walking down to the ring. Like that's yeah. cla- like that'd be awesome. Um, moving on to something that we both really really love. It looks like Bray Wyatt may be coming soon because Ooh. all of his Firefly Firefly Funhouse puppets are showing up backstage. You hear that? That's that's. I'm rubbing my hands together because I am ready. I'm excited. It's there. This is this is so good. Like this is the perfect way to do this. Like they are just teasing a little bit. It's like Abby the Witch behind the Miz, uh, Rambling Rabbit, like just hanging out behind Sonya and, and Carmella. The Buzzards like hanging out in the in the in the uh, the locker room with Kofi and Huskis just like pops up out of nowhere. Like this shit is so good. It's so bizarre. And it's like, I have a feeling Bray shows up uh, either uh, this week, this upcoming week uh, on Raw, or he shows up at Extreme Rules. Either way, just just bring this man into the fold. He's uh, he's easily been the best thing consistently on TV for, what is it now? It's, I feel like it's been two months. It's been a while, yeah. Maybe maybe it just feels like that. But bring it on, man. We, we are ready. Like, Aleister Black needs something to do. Again, I think we'd kind of poo-pooed that idea a little uh, you know a few weeks ago because either gimmicks are a little too similar but shit at this point i don't even care just yeah just so throw like, them in the ring we were talking about this earlier like my initial thought was like the knock on the door and then bray's catchphrase now being let me in like that makes too much sense like i was like oh my god like this is perfect like because what if you just hear like the knock and then you hear let me in like people will go fucking crazy but you had you had said that like it looks like they're gonna try to do Cesaro versus Aleister Black, which I'm right. not mad at. Yeah, at right. all. oh, that's great. I, 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 that's some great wrestling right there. Yeah, you put those two in the ring, it's gonna be fire. Like they don't even have to talk. I mean, I don't really want to hear Aleister Black talk anymore because his promos uh, for the past couple of months have been pretty bad. Um, even this last one where he has, hears a knock on the door and he does that really creepy smile at the end. I uh, wasn't a fan of it. I'm just waiting for this guy to get in the ring because he is so fucking good in the ring. And, like, if they put him in there with Cesaro, it's fire. Guaranteed. Oh, I'm uh, Either way, there's a lot of possibilities for him, and it's 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 just kind of trending in a positive direction. They just need to get him in the ring. Like It's, yeah. it's, it's getting kind of crazy. Uh, speaking of getting crazy, the 24-7 belt, another big win for the 24 7 belt still wish they changed the design but you know baby steps drake maverick oh my god what a fucking what a so we called this last week we said he, oh, yeah. he's losing it at his he wedding. Was losing it at the wedding also um his groomsman slash bridal party however you want to put it not the greatest because how are you not walking down the aisle with him like outward like braun Strowman is one of your groomsmen and you still lose the title like your your job as a groomsman is to do anything that the groom needs and to protect him. 
just talking from someone who's I've been married. My groomsmen were around me at all times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I was holding a championship belt, they would have been protecting me. Uh, but it was an amazing segment. Like, yeah, that was. Like, uh, I mean, it was it was like you could tell that that's where they were going with because when once Drake actually won the belt, and he yelled like, "I'm getting married this weekend." It's like, oh, he's losing it at his wedding. But the way they paid it off was great, and also the way they've been doing things afterwards, like. Drake is like walking around all disheveled, still wearing his. He was his, wearing the same same suit. clothes and saying like, "My wife is disappointed in me," or like, "My life is over." Like, they've just been like hammering it home, and then they had like the the full on like shenanigan title changes on Raw, where like he Slater won, then EC three EC three Cedric Alexander won. Yep, our Truth won twice, so now he's a nine time twenty four seven champion. They need to get him to 16. Get him to 16 and then well, call it a day. So 16 is what? That, that's the Flair title, right? The, yeah. Like the Flair record. Isn't the hardcore one with Raven like 27? Like, oh, I don't know that. It's some ridiculous number. I think I was I, – I, I came across that. I didn't think it was real, because, but then at the same time, the hardcore title is – it's kind of a gimmick and a joke title. So I hope Truth beats that because, uh, you know – when you think of hardcore wrestling or 24-7 wrestling, you do think of Raven and our truth. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, like, again, just – I just have to reiterate just how much of a win this 24-7 thing has been because it's, it's just so out of the box. And if you look at their, their YouTube numbers, those are consistently some of their highest viewed videos. And that, that counts for something, right? Like, I, don't, I, I can't – they probably can't tell you what the ratings are for those particular segments on TV. But when you can quantify it on the on YouTube – There's a monetary value incredible. there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a monetary value there. And I think that's – I think they're going to start transition – continuing to transition more of 24-7 content onto YouTube and on the, on the Twitter. Please. Uh, and and yeah. on the Instagram because it's paying off. I mean those numbers are, are crazy. Um and, and like they still, I would still say like they haven't figured out what to do with the title on the actual show. They still have those random like everybody runs after our truth kind of moments, and those are still silly. Um, I think what they did on Monday, where they had like multiple title changes in a small amount of time, was was fun and entertaining. Um, but they need to con- continue to mix in like the random title changes in random locations: a wedding, a, a tarmac, an airplane. Um, a golf course, like all that kind of stuff, just is great. And if they continue to do that, this the sky's the limit for this belt. So, um, moving on, we're running out of time, so we'll we'll go through. We we do have AEW Fighter Fest this weekend, so we're gonna run Ooh, through yeah, these predictions really really quick. Uh, we'll reconvene next week. We'll go over the the card, but we'll run through these predictions really quick. So, starting us off, we have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Uh, I'm going with uh, the elite. I'm going with Omega and the Bucks. Definitely, uh, yeah. me the too. Bucks, the Bucks lost the uh, the AAA titles to the Lucha Brothers, so I think it's uh, if we're going fifty fifty booking, they've got to get it back. Yep. Uh, Moxley versus Joey Janela, which is probably going to be a fucking. It's going to be insane. Uh, I'm going with Mox. Mox is the hottest thing in the business right now. They're going to keep that going. Yeah, you can't have Mox lose here. Cody versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen is fucking bonkers, man. So this is going to be crazy. Uh, totally, completely. Completely different styles. I mean, Cody is a technician, and Darby Allen is just a fucking madman. So uh, I actually think um, in order to have somebody from the elite lose... Right. I don't, it's, I, Cody would, seems to be the most logical... I would put Darby uh, Allen over here. Yeah, I'm going the same. Uh, Hangman versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy. Hangman. I'm going, M- I'm going MJF. Ooh, I, I, yeah. I'm not I, mad at that. I, I mean, don't think I don't think Heyman needs the uh, the push. He's gonna he already has the world title shot against Jericho at All Out. So I just don't think you can have him lose before All Out. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Christopher Daniels versus Sema. I, I think it's Christopher Dan- Christopher Daniels. Agreed. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Ryo versus Yuka Sasaki. Uh, I have Nyla Rose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jibaley in a hardcore match. This is on the buy-in. This is on the, the pre-show. Uh, I'm going Michael Nakazawa. Same. Uh, and then we another pre-show, we have the winner earns an all uh, a shot at all-out first-round buy in the World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Real, It's a mouthful. SCU versus Best Friends versus Private Party. I'm going SCU. I'm going Best Friends. Okay. I like uh, it. I'm not I, I, I like I like the best friends here. Um, we are out of time. 
we're going to skip hot takes this week. We don't have very much or very many hot takes. I think I think, we, I think our hot take of the week was that stomping grounds was actually okay. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a good hot take. It's, 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 you know, it was lukewarm at best. Um, so make sure you guys follow us on Twitter this weekend. We will be live tweeting AEW Fighter Fest. I know I said that we would do that for Stomping Grounds, but, you know, life happens and we didn't get around to it. But we will definitely be doing it for Fighter Fest this weekend. Um, so follow us at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's pod with a zero. You can follow me personally at Jeremy A. Loss. And you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. And again, since you've made it this far, thank you again so much for listening. But please continue to subscribe and rate the podcast five stars, especially in Apple Podcasts. We are available on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. But if you are are one of our Apple Podcast listeners, please, please, please subscribe and hit us with that five-star Frog Splash rating. Uh, this has been an, actually a great week in wrestling. I think this, it's going to be another one. Uh, you know, we've uh, gone a few weeks now without an AEW thing, so uh, I'm I'm really really excited for this weekend. Definitely, I think this is going to be a nice change of pace, and then it, it's not like a full on pay per view for for AEW. So it, I think this will be a good test and a good taste of what a, a weekly television show would be like for them. You know, absolutely. That this is, uh, you know, there's not a lot at stake in terms of, you know, I think the biggest thing that's at stake is the, you know, the first round buy for the world tag team titles. But other than that, these are just kind of throwing together matches, kind of almost a very, I don't want to say house show, but it kind of has that feel. So yeah, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna be very, very interesting. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. And if you have another podcast that you like, another wrestling podcast, to you I say. It doesn't matter what your podcast is called. Oh, man, I was about to yell it, but my kid's asleep, so (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I got kids. Yeah. Peace out, everybody. Bye, guys. (laughs) 